thank you that you Emmanuel, you God with us. We thank you, God, that you promised us you'll never, ever leave us, nor shall you forsake us. So, Father, we just honor you. Father, as I open my mouth tonight, God, and as the word of God go forth, thank you that the hearts of your people are open and receptive, God, to receive what you have for them on tonight. For God, it's not about us. It's all about you, God. You get all the glory. You get all the honor. You get all the praise. And, Father, I thank you that I have I, I have and I am crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to say welcome back. We've been out for a little bit, huh? But to God be the glory. I want to start um, back with what I was teaching on and is being separated. And I think this teaching will help all of us out a lot because... We need to know that as Christians, we can't do what the world is doing. Our lives are supposed to make a difference. It's supposed to, I'm just going to say, show up and show out and let people know who we really belong to. So I want to start um, back with the definition of what being separate means. It means to cause, to move, or to be apart. To cause, to move, or to be apart. And... I was reminded that in marriage, God always had me to use marriages, of how sometime when married folks come together and they're supposed to be as one, when they get tired of each other and tired mean when they get tired of this one doing this or that one doing that and they just don't want to deal with being married anymore, the first thing they say is, I want to be separated from you. I'll do better if I'm apart from you for a while. And some people do that, but then when you go apart from one another, you get used to not being with that person. And the enemy end up bringing somebody else in that people feel like will treat me better. Or they don't do it the way my husband do it. They don't do it the way my wife do it. I'm more appreciated with this person than I am with that person. But the problem with that is when we look at being separated in a marriage... God say whom he joined together. Let no man separate or put asunder. That means we're going to have situations in our marriages that don't look right, that don't feel right. Now, if you're being abused and knocked all over the place, you do need to run for your life. And you do need to seek the Lord while he can be found. Now, I'm not telling you to stay in a marriage when all that's going on, but I'm saying that we don't use the little things to take us out of a marriage just because we're tired or just because that person don't look the same or just because that person don't act the same. What gets me is some people already knew the problems this person had before they married this person. They knew what this person was going through before they married this person. Everybody gets a whiff of somebody, not unless you got a good con artist. And that's where you need to really seek God where he can be found. Because if you say you know in him and know, really have a relationship with God, God is not going to allow you to go into a marriage with all of that baggage that that person is carrying. Because he knows that you have things in your life that you have to deal with. And he know they have things in their lives that they have to deal with. But what we do is we get overly excited because this is what everybody else is doing. And we feel this is what we need to do at the time. And some people come together because they feel as if I'm tired of getting talked about. So I just want to make it right, but it still ain't right. That's why we need much counsel before we come together as one. If you cannot deal with you, I want to ask you a question. How are you going to deal with somebody else? I'm going to tell you, dealing with me, myself, and I is a task. I don't know about you. That's why I need some help, and the Lord knew I needed some. That's why he gave me the Holy Spirit. So we thank God for the Holy Spirit, and having the Holy Spirit help us to come together in unity instead of separating and having division because the Bible say a divided house, what? It will not stand. So no matter what's going on with us as Christians, 
We need to ask for help from the Holy Spirit so the world will know I don't do things like you do. I don't leave my husband just because, you know, he's not whining and dining me no more. I don't leave my wife just because she put on a few pounds and I see somebody that just shake better. I don't do that because that's just not who I am. Being that I know who I am now that I'm in Christ, I don't look at my husband or my wife in that way. I don't look at it like the world look at it. I love her just as Christ loved the church. That's what a man's supposed to do. And that wife's supposed to show reverence unto her husband. She's supposed to honor her husband. And the way she do that is by going into a relationship with God and asking God to show her how do I approach that man. And the same thing with the man. And God threw that out for some reason or another. But I'm going to move forward with what I have for tonight. So we've been talking about being separated. And I believe that's a good example of um, separation, you know, in marriages. But go back with me to Genesis 13. And we want to look at verse 5 through verse 9. I think everybody's familiar with this. It's Abraham and Lot. Y'all know what was happening with them. Abraham took Lot with him, and he should not have, but he did. So when we look at Genesis 13, verse 5, I'm reading out the expanded Bible. It says, During this time, Lot was traveling with Abram, and Lot also had flocks, herds, and tents. So both of them had a lot. Abram, Abram and Lot had so many animals and possessions that the land could not support both of them together. So Abram's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen began to argue. Now look at this. They had so much together that they couldn't even stay on the same land. They had all of these possessions. And God reminded me when I was going over this today, you know how we get comfortable in our homes with each other. And let's say somebody want to move in. And we're comfortable with one another and putting up with each other. But somebody else want to come in. So when they come in, we have to get used to them, not only them, but what they bring with them. We're used to our bathroom being one way. We go in there, and it's a lot more in that bathroom. We're used to the kitchen, the living area being one way. And it's changed because of who we have. So guess what's going to happen? Some arguments are going to come on, right? So it's going to bring up some things that don't need to be brought up at that time. It, de- it needs to be dealt with. We need to back up and say, God, show me how to deal with this. So this is what was happening. But on that land, they had some enemies. They had the Canyonites, the Perzites were living in the land at that time. Now remember, God was letting them know that they're supposed to be different from them. But if they're arguing, guess what they're thinking? What God are you serving? So they're not making a difference. So Abraham had to step in and he had to resolve what was going on. So what did he do? He humbled himself. And that's where I'm going tonight. I want to talk about strife on tonight. But we're going to talk about the causes of strife and why people have strife. So Abraham, he humbled himself. He said, if you go left, I'll go right. You go right, I'll go left. So this is what he did because he trusted God. No matter which way you go, I know the God I serve. So he had to really humble himself. So God was letting me know, he said, in the church, there's not enough humility. We're still making about ourselves. If we take time to look around even at our lives on tonight, can we say we're humble like we need to be? People will pull stuff out of you that we think that we have gotten rid of. They pull it out of us during difficult times. They pull it out of us when it looks as somebody is getting more than what we have. So God said, I want you to deal with strife. And the way you deal with it, you got to separate yourself from these arguments, from these disagreements. And you got to ask God, what is the root of this? What's causing me to be the way that I am? And I believe all of us should get to the root cause before we look at someone else. We should look at ourselves. 
One thing that some of us do is we don't want to humble ourselves. We want to be right. And sometimes when you know you're right, you got to become wrong. That's humbling yourself. And it really hurts to be quiet when you know you know what you're saying, but you can't get through to that person. And they're coming back and forth at you. So the more they come at you, the more you come at them. And then you got a house full of strife. And the enemy know if I can get strife in your house, I can get contention. I can get every evil work. So what we have to do, we have to say, okay, okay. If, if that's what you feel, is that if that's what you think, and just begin to humble yourself until all the atmosphere begin to change, then you can hear God, and then God will show you how to go in. He will show you how to come out. Abraham was so humble because he could have told him, "Look at here, Lot. I didn't even suppose to bring you behind with me, but I bought you, and you're gonna cut up with me like that. I'll whoop your behind." He didn't say that. Did your Bible tell you that? My Bible don't tell me that. He just stepped in. Come on, how many of us have been in Abraham's situation, but we said, uh uh-uh, you ain't coming at me like that. You better get out of my face. I may be saved, but I ain't stupid. That's not God. And we're going to go deeper into this because God said until we deal with strife and separate ourselves from it, We're going to keep dealing with these same things in our home and out of our home. Because if you got strife in your home, you carrying it up in here. Let me say it again. If you got strife going on in your home, have you noticed sometime, and I'm going to say this, some people don't say nothing. And they think they're so humble because they don't say nothing. They just back off, don't say nothing, go their way and smile. Some people chuckle a little bit. And just going about their business. But inside, they are a ball of fire, ready to blast off. But they're thinking, I'm humbling myself. I'm getting low because I'm not saying nothing. But you actually are a furnace on the inside. And the enemy is waiting for the appointed time. And I'll give you an example. When you hold stuff in that you're supposed to deal with, Guess what happens? When it really come out, you gone back to 1999. When you could have just got rid of them. I could have got rid of you then, but I didn't. Don't you? And then from 1999 to 2000 to 2001 to 2002 up to 2020. And then you carried it into 2021. Can I get some witnesses? Because we didn't deal with it. We just said, I humble. You didn't humble yourself. Because when you humble yourself, you deal with it according to the word. You deal with it out of love, y'all, not out of hate. We bury so much in relationships and families. And some of us, I'm I'm not going to say all of us, still have some hurt and some disappointments with our mother, with our father, with our siblings. And we bring that into the relationship. We bring that into the marriage. So when the husband is trying to love on you, you upset with what happened in yesteryears with your family. So you pushing him off because you ain't going to hurt me the way my family hurt me. So he's trying to figure out, I'm just trying to love you. Don't come up on me like that. You might get hurt. And he's trying to figure out what is wrong with you. And it could be the same thing with him. He's trying to be a man, but he never knew how to be a man because his daddy didn't never teach him how to be a man. So you all up in his face saying, why don't you be a man? And you're making him even more angry because he know he's not being a man. He's not standing up to his family. He's making you look like Jezebel and he's just a little um, Ahab. So he's making you look bad so he can look good with his family. Yet still he know his family is wrong, but he said, I'm humbling myself. No, you ain't. You a wimp. I'm just being honest. Because any man that want to be a man and going to do what the word of God says, his wife is first. God is first, but his wife is before his family. Come on, y'all. This is why we have such strife in relationships. It's because man, some men put their family before they put their wives. 
Some wives put their families before they put their husband. And then you end up having all this strife in the home. And guess what? Mom and dad is sitting at home eating popcorn, watching the tube. And the house, your house is all blowed up because, you know, son is loving on mama. That's my mama. That's my daddy. You don't talk to them like that, but you talk to each other any kind of way. Say, folk. So that's why God said we got to deal with the elephant that's in the room. And that elephant is strife. And if you don't recognize strife, then every evil work is in your home. And this is why things sneak up in homes because we leave doors open and the enemy don't want you to see those doors that you have left open. So I'm going to open that can of worms tonight. Let's go to James 3, 13 through 18. I'm reading it expanded again. It says, we're talking about in James 3 first, the tongue and how the tongue is, you know. But then he goes on to say, are there those among you who are truly wise and understanding, insightful, discerning? Then they should show it by living right, their good life, conduct, and lifestyle, and doing good things, their deeds and works with a gentleness, humility, meekness that comes from wisdom. Let me read it again. He's talking to Christians. Are there those among you who are truly wise and understanding, insightful and discerning? Then they should show it by living right, their good life, conduct, lifestyle, and doing good things, their deeds and works with with a gentleness, humility, and meekness that comes from wisdom. You're going to know the ones that are, are amongst you that are living right. Because it's going to be shown. It's going to be shown with meekness, with gentleness, with humility. Those are the ones that um, um, it says here that have understanding, insight, and are, are discerning. They are truly wise. A wise person is going to be living right, going to be living in humility, going to be living in meekness and gentleness. You're going to know the ones amongst you when you come up upon upon them and you say something out the way and they don't come back at you. They just love on you and they just, you know, give you what the word of God is saying and don't just come forcefully at you like you coming at them. That's a person who's living right. That's a person who's not taking offense. That's a person just because you say, good morning, how are you? What you ask me? Good, why you say good morning to me? Why you speaking to me today? You ain't been speaking to me. Where where did that come from? Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to come off that way. If I'd done anything or said anything to you, please forgive. What you asking me? Are you sorry for you must have said something or done something? Oh, Jesus. You got some people like that because they've been so hurt because they've been through so many things. They're taking that hurt out on you. So you can't even ask them a question without them jumping on you. Yeah. Leap froggy. Leap. Yeah. Come on. Take a person who's in pain. Before they were in pain, it was hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Now when that pain hit, get out of my face, leave me alone, close that door, don't you come back up in here no more. Do you hear what I said? Come on, y'all, let's be real. Can I get something from you? No. What did I tell you? When the pain hit, the tongue began to speak. Come on. Whatever, whenever you go through things, all your nastiness begin to come out of you. Let's be honest. You know really how nasty you are when you go through something. You know how really how nasty you are when everybody's getting a stimulus and you don't see yours. (laughs) A few choice words to the government. Come on, y'all. That just let us know where we are and what we need to work on. Let's be honest. That's bringing a fire in your house. That's bringing strife. That's bringing contention. I'm telling you, when you're around a lot of people and you walk through the door and somebody don't speak to you the way they spoke to the person before you, you'll be like, what's up with that? Didn't you see me? Why you ain't speak to me? You saying all this in your head, but yet you smiling all 32. 
And then you hold that. You hold that. So this is why we got to deal with this, y'all. The church have to deal with this because we supposed to live our lives and conduct ourselves differently from the way the world does it. It's supposed to be a separation between us and between the world. And if we're acting just like the world, who want to come to the kingdom of God? Who want to come to light when you represent in darkness? The enemy knows these things. So we have to clean up ourselves before we try to clean up somebody else. And we do it through the word of God. So he goes on to talk about humility and meekness. This is what James is saying. But listen at Matthew 5, 5. It says, they that are blessed who are humble, meek, and gentle, for the whole earth will be theirs. They shall inherit the earth. So it's saying that. The ones that are meek, they are blessed, but they shall inherit the earth. What is that talking about? When you are meek, when you are humble, you shall inherit. That means you shall own, you shall take possession of the earth. Meaning that you're no longer part of what the earth do or what the earth represent, meaning the world. Meaning that now that you're born again, People are going to know that you are different. They're going to know your inheritance through the eternal life and the salvation that you have accepted through Jesus Christ. They're going to know it's a difference because you are humble. You're not the same person that you used to be no more. Even though somebody come up on you, you are loving. You are showing the fruit of the spirit. Guess what? The whole, the, everything has changed. The world around you has changed. It's not the same no more. But I love this one. Even Jesus. Jesus give an example in Matthew eleven twenty nine. He said, accept my teachings, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. This is what he's saying, because I am gentle and humble in spirit and heart and you will find rest for your lives. Even Jesus, he was humble. He was meek. He was gentle. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. If he's living on the inside of us. We're representing him. We should have his same characteristics. So we should walk in meekness. We should walk in gentleness. We should walk in kindness. And this right here is coming from the heart. This is why you got to watch what you plant in your heart. If you plant in hate in your heart, that's what you represent is hate. And that's not God. God is about love. So when somebody hate on you, that you don't hate on them, you love on them. That's when they know that you're from the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of darkness. So we have to go into the word of God and know what the word of God is saying to us. How hard is it for us to bless someone who curse us? It's hard for us to do it. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit to help us to bless those who curse us, to love those who hate us, to pray for those who despitefully use, um, use us. So this is why we need the word of God. We need a renewing of the mind to say, Holy Spirit, help me with this one, because I'm going to tell you something. I want to beat them down, but I know that's not what you want. Y'all come on and be honest. We can't be um, playing this grace card and knowing deep down on the inside, God know our thoughts from afar off. So just tell God, I want to beat him down. What you want me to do? Bring it on now. Tell him. I want to beat him down. I want to slap him. I want to um, do something to him where it hurts so bad. Just tell me, Lord, what, what, what would you have me to do? Because you already know my thoughts, so I might as well just tell you. You already know. But I'm just being open and honest. So God, deal with me so I can deal with them. Because right now, I don't even want to deal with them. I, I just want to just let it go and go about my business. And really, I ain't letting it go. But I just don't want to deal with that mouth no more. Because that mouth is really getting to me. And guess what? God knows your heart. And if he knows you really want to be dealt with, God will deal with you. And he'll let you know about you. He'll let you know now this is what you should have done. You're light. They're darkness. They're supposed to see that light so they can glorify me, which is in heaven. So God will calm us down with the word if we want to be calm. When we're willing to let go of the things that we're holding on to. And I always say this, married folk, nobody can make you madder than your husband. 
if you can get past them husbands, you can get past your enemy. You know why? Because you're so close. And I'm going to say this. Husbands, nobody can make you madder than your wife. Come on with it now. We talking. I know I'm talking right. That wife can say one thing and get you. Look, that wife can say one thing and your hands is open. Next thing you know, your hands is closed. Your fist is balled up. Well, honey, what you balling up your fist for? I ain't even realize I had it balled up. You hate me that much. Loose that hand. It happens. Come on, that's the reaction, is it not? That's the reaction. If you ever see somebody like this talking to you and then all of a sudden, there's a grip there. <laughs> Begin to rebuke that demon. So this is what I'm saying, y'all. We know what's there. Because the Holy Spirit will show us. And we need to start dealing with it before it deals with us. And we deal with it through love. I love this one. Go to Galatians 6, verse 1. Listen at this one. Brothers and sisters, if someone in your group, a person, does something wrong or is overcome by some transgression or sin or is discovered caught in some transgression and sin, you who are spiritual should go to that person and gently help him make him right again. Restore him gently with a gentle spirit, but be careful because you might or so that you won't be tempted to sin too. So what we supposed to do, we supposed to go to them in meekness, y'all. We supposed to go to them in gentleness. We don't supposed to go to them and say, you sinner, you heathen, you fornicator. You ain't saved acting like you are. That's not going to them in meekness and gentleness. We go to them and we begin to lift them up according to the word. We begin to remind them who they are now that they're in Christ. They're already beat up for what they've done. So if we don't do it the right way, we can get caught up in something as well. And it comes back on us. We reap what we sow. So God is saying tonight, we got to deal with strife. We got to deal with what's around us, what's amongst us. And some people try to hide it so well, but I have seen it come out. When they go going through difficult times, I have seen them come out at me holding stuff. And next thing you know, boom, bam, thank you, ma'am, there it is, which God already let me know it was there. But the enemy want to allow you to hold things. Because he got an appointed time, he want to bring those things forward. That's why we must communicate one with another. If you got a problem with your brother and sister, deal with it then. Don't wait till later. Don't wait until it grow. Because the enemy is steady talking to you. You hear what they said? They don't like you. They never did like you. Did you hear exactly what they said? They said, they said it. You know they said it. Don't be trying to sweep it under the rug. That's what they said. So you letting that voice play over and over in your head. And this is how some people deal with it. I'll just pray about it. And you praying, but the enemy is still speaking. So what you need to do is do what the words say. If you got a problem with your brother or sister, you go to them. Not me, not nobody else. The one you have that problem with so that wedge won't be in between you. So many people keep stuff for so long and the enemy builds on that stuff. You keep in strife, you keep keeping contention, and you keep in every evil work because the enemy is throwing stuff in there that the person did not say now. And you come to believe the lie instead of believing the truth. That's why you need to go to that person and say, excuse me, I want to make sure I heard you correctly. This is what I heard. And they'll look at you and say excuse me that's not what I said and you carried that for a month years ago I had someone that had said something and this person that that had said something I had said something back to them me but what I said was not a bad thing and I knew it wasn't a bad thing but they didn't come to me they held on to that and they were angry and I knew it was something wrong with that person. But guess what? I said, I'll go to that. When I went to that person, they finally let me know what well, you said. I said, 
No, I, I didn't say it. I said, but you know what? If that's what you thought I said, forgive me. I just humbled myself. Sometimes you don't have time to be dealing with stuff that the enemy is putting in between you. Just humble yourself. Just apologize. If I said anything that was wrong, please forgive me. That was not my intentions. And once you begin to humble yourself and that person begin to calm down, say, well, let me tell you what I was saying. You got to get that person attention. By humbling yourself, by walking in kindness, by walking in meekness, people that don't want to go to people is walking in pride. Are we going there? You making it about yourself. It's so much pride in the church. It's so many people wanting people to see them that they're right. You're not walking in humility when you always think you're right. When you always think you're right, you're dead wrong. So that's why when you don't want to go to a person, you're walking in pride. You're thinking, you're making it about you. You ain't thinking about how it could have made that person feel. So pride is another thing that comes from strife. So we have to deal with all of these things so we'll be able to hear what God want us to do. The enemy don't want us to separate from strife because he know as long as we're keeping strife in our lives, we can't hear God the way we need to hear God. We can't be um, sensible to him the way we need to be. When God is speaking, you don't hear him the way you need to hear him. You hear what that person is saying more than you hear what God is saying because you didn't deal with the elephant that was in the room. So you always need to deal with things before they deal with you. You need to talk about them. In um, marriage, sometimes you have some to communicate. Some people can communicate and some people can't. Like me and my husband. Now, my husband... No, he ain't a good communicator. This is he's he's better. Don't get me wrong. We communicate, but I can do all the talking, and he can just sit there like this. You got something you need to say? Mm -mm. I ain't got nothing. But deep down inside, I know there's a big elephant in that room, and I'm gonna deal with him if I have to pull his trunk off. He'll look at me. Look, 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 y'all. We ain't got nothing to hide. That's just how we live. So we'll sit there and have a conversation, little simple stuff. Honey, how you feel about it? I'm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying to myself, uh-uh. No, because I feel it. I feel it, the, the tension. You, you better come on with it. No, don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. Okay. Way down the road, when something else come up, what he didn't say, Come, I said, hmm, so you did have a problem. See, it was in our house. You can be sleeping with an enemy, and I'm not saying my husband, but my husband or I could have something in our heart against each other, sleeping in the same bed, but we're enemies. Because we're trying to say, I don't have a problem, but we have a problem, and eventually that problem is going to show up and show out. I'll give you another example with our kids. My husband now, y'all told y'all what happened with him and Jeremy Sunday. He just jacked you up. He jacked you up, but he got better. Thank God for that. But my children, they always, this man here, he was always the one to play with them, roll on the floor with them. That's just his demeanor. Me, I'll play when I get ready. <laughs> you ain't going to tell me to get in the floor if I don't want to get in the floor now because it ain't coming from the heart. Go play with your daddy. So we're two different people, right? So they always looked at, I'm not going to mama. I'm going to go to daddy. So daddy would be sometime a yes man, right, honey? A yes man. So I'm a no mama. So Jeremy always knew if I could go to, I'll give you an example. My husband, he's so funny, y'all. He's so comical when, when it comes to our kids. He just play with them all the time, joke around with them. Me, I'm different. I'm not like that. You know, I love on them. I do all that. But we're just different in that area. So Jeremy, what he did, you have to sign off on some work at school, you know, when it's a bad grade. <laughs> My husband rushing, trying to take him to school, y'all, trying to get him there on time. So Jeremy said, Daddy, Daddy, sign this. Sign this quickly, Daddy. We're getting ready to get out the car. Okay, Jeremy. 
He that was at the stop sign, and he signed an F. So, you know who got it? He got it. I said, that's what I'm telling you about these terms. I said, they know you. You cannot concentrate on two things at one time. They know it. He, 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 got, he got to think, y'all. My husband is so diligent, y'all. I'm not lying. Send something to him to read. I am not lying. He read line upon line. And priest, we can be getting ready to sign something. And I'd be like, Jesus, Jesus, I'm through with that. What is he doing? But he finds something. He does. Me, yep, yep. He'll go back and he'll say, uh-uh, that right there? I said, thank you, honey. We compliment each other. So there are some areas I may miss, he'll catch. There are some things that he may miss, but I'll catch. Why? Because we work together, and if we work together, we ain't going to have no scribe. But if he kept signing F's, we was going to have some. <laughs> and Jeremy just laughed this way through it. He did, because he knew he was wrong. But guess what? We never did. We never showed ourselves in front of our children. We will calmly dismiss ourselves, and we'll talk about it amongst ourselves. So the kids never saw that in our house. Because that was between us, and we wanted him to know we're together. So we have grew up, y'all. In our household, God showed us how to work together so it wouldn't bring that strife and bring that confusion and every evil work. If you cannot communicate with one another, you got some strife in your home. When you cannot really talk to your husband or to your wife because you're afraid, I want to have peace in here, so I'm not going to ask them this because they're going to blow up, you got some strife in your home. And it need to be dealt with. And that strife going to come from your home and to the house of the Lord. If you can't deal with your mate, you ain't going to be able to deal with me. You know why? Because the Bible tells us to, to, to submit to God, resist the devil, and he shall flee. When we submit to God, we're not submitting to strife. We're not. We, we should be able to talk one to another. We're brothers and sisters. What did Abraham say? We're brothers. This should not be among. Have, have we ever said that? Listen here, we're brothers. This should not be amongst us. Because some of us will get into it in different ways, won't we? Yeah. But somebody needs to hold it. We're brothers. And then they look at you and say, you ain't in this. Hush. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Church folk. How you get into this? This is between us. Yeah. This is church. And it should not be like that in the house of God. If we're getting the same teaching, we should come in humility and we should come in meekness. Because there's a python in the room. Matter of fact, it's a python and a broken scripture getting ready to go at each other. And you just a little garden snake. And you don't want to get ate up by neither one. So you just sit there and shake your head. But God will show us how to handle things, y'all. So God is saying, we have to deal with strife. We have to deal with it. We have to because it's splitting up the body of Christ. And part of that is dealing with pride. You're thinking more yourself than you're looking at others. We have to deal with it, y'all. And we're going to be here for a little minute. So I can show you and pull out the things that's dealing with strife. And let me read this last verse. It's a lot more of them. Go back to James 3 and verse 14. Listen at this now. He's telling us how we should be living right, how a lifestyle should be. But in 14, he said, but if you have bitter jealousy, y'all, that's sharp there. That, that's envy or envy. And are selfish, have self-ambitions in your heart. Do not brag or boast. Your bragging, boasting is a lie that hides, that denies against the truth. And don't cover up the truth with bragging or lying. 
So this is what, what he's saying is, if you have bitter envy, that's harsh. That's sharp envy amongst you. That's that jealousy. You know how some people can be so envious against another person. It is so sharp. And this has been there for a while that it brings on that contention. Go back to King and Abel. He was so bitter. He was so harsh against his brother. What did it lead to anger? What did it lead to murder? We have some of that in the church. Some people get so bitter, so sharp, so harsh with other people that it comes through envy. It comes through jealousy, through self-ambition. And some people be bragging about it. Uh Uh-uh. Y'all, we got to deal with this. And the word of God tells us how to deal with it through humility. That's how we deal with it. We begin to humble ourselves. We have to deal with ourselves. Some people think that they're very humble. Like I said, when they don't say nothing, but on the inside, they're burning up. You ain't humble yet. Because whatever's on the inside eventually going to come on the outside. And it's going to cuss somebody out. So we have to deal with these things because they're truly dealing with us. Whatever is going on between you and somebody else, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in a marriage, whether it's in the church, whether it's on your job, whichever way it is, you have to deal with it before it deals with you because it brings in every evil work. And we're talking about every evil work that's produced with strife, jealousy. Self-ambition, pride, all of this deals with contention, quarreling. Sometimes, y'all, we quarrel over stupid stuff because we want to be right. That's a form of pride, little simple stuff. Because sometimes me and my husband be quarreling over simple stuff. And I be saying to myself when I take my little walks, I'm like, what was that about? That didn't make no sense. I'm like, Yana, that don't make no sense. So we have to really think about what we're saying before we say it or we just just come back and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I confuse you. I'm sorry if I said it the wrong way. And you begin to explain the right way. I told y'all years ago how um, when I was trying to get myself together because I had control in my life and I had all these things going on. And my husband went to Alltel and I remember he had asked me, something with his family and he said they were doing something but I didn't even bother to ask you so when he left out of the car I said Jesus do he think I'm the same person and he didn't even bother to ask me y'all I was in tears I was just crying out to God I said God I know I have changed but if he don't see the change in me maybe I haven't really changed so Lord you have to help me and when I really cried out to him sitting there in that car the Lord told me he said "Mm mm-mm that's not the reason why he, had, he said what he said. He said, go ask him why he said what he said. So when he got back in the car, I asked him, and this is what he said. He said, because I know how you are now, and I didn't want to put you in the midst of what they were doing. Isn't God so good? He cleared that up because if I did not ask my husband, I would have had some bitter in, I would have had some stuff in me and I would have held it against him. And every time he asked me something, I would have looked at him in a bad way because if I didn't clear it up, it would have been amongst us in our house. And I want to tell y'all something. Some of y'all are harboring fugitives in your house and don't even know it. You allowed them to come in there. Because you don't want to deal with some things because you want the peace and quiet. You want to be able to lay down men and sleep at night. You don't want to deal with it. So you rather not bring up the conversation. You, you rather not ask that wife what happened to that money. Because if she answered you the wrong way, you done balled up the fist. You work too hard for that money. See, some people don't want to ask. Because they know it's going to bring stuff up and bring stuff out that you don't want to be brought out. Some of us don't want to ask our children certain things. Because if they say something wrong, oh Jesus, we don't want to deal with it. So we'd rather leave it alone. So y'all, it's time for us to deal with this. It's time for us to deal with strife and quit allowing it to deal with us. We want to separate ourselves from these things and live the life 
that God has given us through Jesus Christ. Amen. So meditate on that until we come back together dealing with that. And let's talk about it some more next time and see what else we come up with through the word dealing with strife. Amen. Anybody have something to say on that before we close? Or if we have an announcement. Can anybody say they learned something from that before we close? Jay? Can you come up here, Jay? And we'll turn the mic on for you. Okay. Well, you know, I was listening and... um. You know, I know you're saying the part, you know, sometimes when husbands and wives get mad at each other and, you know, in the ball of the fist. And I, I agree with you, you know. Um, but I more so say, like, uh, you know, like when me and Siobhan, you know, argue, if she is, like, completely in the right or whatever, you know, I don't even bother arguing back. Because, I mean, if I'm totally in the wrong, I'm just totally in the wrong, I don't even argue with that. But, uh, you know, then I think back, uh, I know sometimes back, like, when we first got married, you know, we'd be arguing back and forth. But... I mean, you know, I don't think I could ask for a better wife. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, only time like she'll like get mad now is like if I really mess up. And we've had some issues lately. You know, like my cigarette habit, I went back to that. And that's an issue. And some other stuff came up and everything. But um, the pride thing, uh, going through like different issues I'm going through now, like the situation with my mother and that situation. And, you know, I think a, a lot about that. And I'm, I mean, I'm not, you know, going to get crazy or anything like that. But I'd be thinking, you know, um, how you said, uh, how you always want to be in the right, you know. And I think, well, you know, I think, well, I'm not wrong for doing this or doing this or doing that. But yet and still, there's other things I'm doing, you know, maybe in some ways around that situation or even other parts of my own life that I need to work on before I just always kind of like point and say, well, this person, that or this person. Because I know everybody has issues, but if you have issues and you don't want to acknowledge your own and you want to point fingers at everybody right. else, that can be a, that could be a problem right there. That's because right. that's I guess you know it's kind of like saying, well, I don't have a problem, so or any that's kind of like exalting myself. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I kind of look at it like that, and um, you know I know you're saying sometimes you know like sometimes like you know you find out about like, money issues and stuff like that, and sometimes <clears throat> you know. I usually take care of everything, but when I do mess up, you know, that could be an issue too. So, I mean, whether it be like a financial thing or just your own way of thinking or just, you know, just, you know, life in general, whether it be at home or even outside the home, if you have an issue, whatever the problem is, you know, you need to kind of look at yourself first before you go saying, well, this person that and that person that and they're treating like this and he say, she say, because, you know, I mean, sometimes I've even done some he say, she say. I'm not going to say I never have. And... And then you think, well, you know, I try to help this person, and this person try to help, help, help. But, you know, at the same time, you know, they always say, you know, good works isn't the only thing that's going to, you know, make things right. And, you know, then I think, well, you know, if I try to help this person with that, but then sometimes I got to think of myself, and this is something that my wife even says to me lately, you know, uh, you know, it's fine to want to help other people, but make sure that you, you know, focus on your own house first. Because, you know, if you don't have your own house together, how you want to work by everybody else? That's right. So we give God glory for that. Kathy? Yeah, I was just thinking on what you were um, teaching on. And I always say that myself. Nobody makes you no madder than your spouse. Uh, Nobody makes me madder than Rick. Uh, vice versa, vice versa. But, you know, because I, I probably love him more than anybody, and then maybe that's why it rubbed me right. the wrong way, you know. And we, you know, we get in our arguments, and I come to find out the Holy Spirit showed me it's because of pride. Like you say, want to be right. You know, I always want to argue your point, and you go on and on and on. And something that Pastor Cross said one time, it resonated with me, it stick with me. She said, you don't have to argue every point. I said, well, that's for me, because with him, it's like, I want to argue everything. And we back and forth, because we're like, you know, a lot of times say it's a woman who, yeah, 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 and not the man. But with me and Rick, Rick gives me a run for my money. And, uh, <laughs> but sometimes um, he'll get quiet, you know, like Brother James. And I don't like when to get quiet, because say something. 
so I know, you know, what you're thinking. You know, and I, you know, why are you so quiet? You know, because I said a lot. So say something. But anyway, um. <laughs> then when they say something, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> but, you know, the, the Holy Spirit d- deals with us, you know, and he let me know that um, it's pride. When you want to be right all the time. That's right. And sometimes I'm gone to town, just, ooh, way up there. And then come to find out I was wrong. I was wrong. And you need to go way up there and I was wrong. But one thing about it, I don't mind humbling myself. And I will go to Rick and say, Rick, you know what? It, don't even, it doesn't even hurt my mouth to say, forgive me. I just blew you out. And you were right. And I was wrong. I don't mind saying I'm wrong. Right? No. no, no. <laughs> okay. You know it? He over there saying nothing again. He know, you know, because I will, I'll say I'm wrong. I don't mind saying I'm wrong if I'm wrong, you know. But, you know, if you if you don't mind humbling yourself, if you're very, very That's prideful, right. you right. know, after you blow somebody to high heavens, you got to come a long ways down. But uh-huh. honestly, to God be the glory, coming down doesn't bother me if I'm wrong. Because sometimes we're just wrong. And you feel like a fool, of course, for a few minutes, but thank Amen. the Lord for that. Amen. <laughs> now, now, now y'all want to talk, and it's time to cut you off. I want to add on something that what Kat said about Rick, how he can get quiet until he get to this point. Y'all have been in Murder Beach, and they be trying to, you be in a restaurant, and they ask you to come to this place. It's a 90-minute session. You can get some money to get some food and all that. Every time we go, we get caught into that. Now, I remember one time when Kathy and Rick went, and they were sitting there talking to this gentleman. And you tell them you don't want nothing. They're trying to egg you on and try to convince you, right? And one time, Rick jumped up. Kathy didn't know who he was when he jumped up. He just threw both hands out. I had enough! I had enough! I mean, Kathy said she looked right like, who is this man here, you know? I mean, it scared her. And that's one incident when Rick, you know, he really come out and spoke up. and He took all he can take. But hold it. That enough probably came through her. <laughs> and he used it on that man. <laughs> I'm picking on them because I can. But that happens, y'all. But, wait a minute. Understand what he's saying. Rick said he had enough, but I don't believe it was stemming from that man. That's what I'm saying we got to work on. When you get that way with a person you don't even know... <laughs> It's coming from some other channel, y'all. And we're going to close on that. Gloria, 